we did chapter 10, and it was the uh, after the battle of Ai and, all, and those uh, battles, and they swept down. Okay, so they, they came across at Jericho and uh, Bethel and swept around down and went through the southern, the southern part of Israel. And we talked about it two weeks ago, because, uh, especially, I mean, it's right out of the news to, you know, the Good Morning America this morning. All the stuff that's going down in Gaza that, that's in chapter 10 of the book of Joshua. This is the same exact Gaza where stuff is going on today. I, I mean, that just, that just amazes me that, um, and the people that talk about the Bible not being, I mean, that it's made up or whatever, you know, like a J.R.R. Tolkien book, Lord of the Rings or something. But, I mean, it, it's, all this stuff is history that's still the exact same place and stuff that's going on. The, the mountains that we're talking about that uh, in, even today in the chapter 11, that it's all just, it's the same. So, uh, I'd love to go over there sometime, but I would not go over there for love or money. <laughs> I would, um, yeah, I don't need to, I don't need that. Ain't nobody got time for that. Um, chapter eleven, the northern. So they, we did all this southern portion. Now we're going to do the northern portion up there. So heading up towards Galilee to the place where Jesus lived and all that. The northern conquest, starting in chapter eleven. So. Um, and it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, and Hazor is way up north of, I can't reach how high it is, but Hazor is up above the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee, I don't know if you recall on maps, I didn't draw it on this one because I'd already drawn the bottom half, but up above the Sea of Galilee, there's another lake, a big giant lake up there uh, about 10 miles north, and uh, the Hazor is in between those, so... Uh, now it came to pass when Jabin king of Hazor heard these things that he sent to Jobab king of Madon, to the king of Shimron, to the king of Akshaph, and to the kings who were from the north in the mountains and in the plains south of Chinneroth, which Chinneroth is what they call the Sea of Galilee in those days, uh, in the lowlands. So they're talking about the mountains, and the, the mountains go in in between the uh, Jordan River and the Mediterranean. So there's mountains in between there. And so when it talks about the plains, it's talking about where the mountains in between, uh, well, and there's actually mountains that go out this direction too, a mountain range. So all of this is a plain and that's a plain. So that's what they're talking about. To the kings who were from the north and in the mountains, in the plains south of Shinarot, in the lowland, and the lowland, I'm pretty sure, is this stuff that goes towards the uh, the Mediterranean. In the lowland, in the heights of Dor on the west, to the Canaanites in the east and in the west, which so can, there are Canaanites over here, the and, and Canaanite uh, and Canaanites over here. And the uh, uh, Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, all the Ites, and the Hivites below Hermon in the land of Mizpah. So they went out, they and all their armies with them, as many as the sand at, uh, that is on the seashore in multitude. So there was a bunch, a bunch of people. And they camped uh, over just, east, uh, just west of the Sea of Galilee. 
um, with very many horses and chariots. Chariots weren't, when, when the Romans brought chariots to uh, England, Britain, uh, they blew everybody away. It's just like tanks during World War II. I mean, it, it changed, it just changed all of warfare. But the, the Israelites were used to seeing chariots. They had chariots in Egypt. Um, so that didn't blow them away or anything, but the, the sheer number of them was enough to strike fear in anybody. And when all these kings had met together, they came and camped together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. But the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid. Whenever, the, whenever God says, do not be afraid, it's because people are afraid. Uh, it, was, it would be a natural thing for this gigantic army of all these kings that have, been, uh, that have taken care of business for hundreds of years, and, and these guys are new. They've been, fighting for, they've been fighting for three years probably by this time. So then they kind of know how things go, but it's still pretty scary. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid because of them, for tomorrow, about this time, I mean the very next day, I will deliver all of them slain before Israel. You shall hamstring their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua and all the people of war with him came against them. Suddenly, they, they attacked uh, this gigantic host. They attacked them at the waters of Merom, and they attacked them. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of Israel, who defeated them and chased them to greater Sidon, to the brook Misrephoth, and to the valley of Mizpah eastward. They attacked them until they left none of them remaining. So the same Sidon and Tyre that Jesus talks about in the New Testament, and uh, the, that's, that's up north on the... Um, on the Mediterranean Sea, that city Sidon is about right there, even with the Sea of Galilee, and Tyre is up north of there. Uh, Paul traveled through there, um, so uh, they chased them all the way up to there. Uh, and Joshua did to them as the Lord told him. He hamstrung their horses and burned the chariots of fire. Uh, he Joshua turned back at that time and took Hazor. So where the king that started the whole thing? I mean. What is the plan for, for the promised land? What, what are they supposed to do? They're supposed to kill everybody. They're supposed to clean the place out. They're supposed to have this land flowing with milk and honey. They're supposed to reap from, from fields that they didn't sow. They're supposed to drink from vineyards that they did not plant. All that's supposed to happen. But in order for that to happen, they've got to kill everybody. But how would it be to just to walk into this town and just start killing people? God made it easy for him because he hardened the hearts of all these deals. I mean, it was easy to go back and kill everybody at Hazor because they'd come out and attacked them first. I mean, if you're going to get in a fight with somebody, you know, you don't want to throw the first punch. So God hardened the hearts of these guys and they come out and fight with them so that they don't, I mean, I just think that they, it's so they don't feel bad about having to take care of business. But they do. They turn back to Hazor and struck its king with a sword, for Hazor was form, formerly the head of all the kingdoms, like we, like we said. And they struck all the people who were in it with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them. Utterly destroying them means they killed everybody. There was none left breathing. Then he burned Hazor with fire. That's the same thing that they did to Jericho. 
Um, he burns Hazor. So all the cities of these kings, all their kings, Joshua took and struck with the edge of the sword. He destroyed them all as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded. But as for the cities that stood on their mounds, Israel burned none of them except Hazor only, uh, which Joshua burned. And all the spoil of these cities and the livestock and the children of Israel took his booty for themselves. But they struck every man with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them and they left none breathing. Uh, as the Lord commanded Moses' his servant, so Moses commanded Joshua, so Joshua did. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord had commanded Moses. And Joshua took all this land, the mountain country, all the south. Remember, we went over this last time when we were in chapter 10. Uh, all, all of the south. So Gaza is where things turn. And then we got the Sinai Peninsula down here that goes over toward. And it's that triangular shape piece here. It's flat on top, and it's triangular here. And then next to is Egypt. And uh, the, the, the western edge of the Sinai, starting into Egypt, is where the land of Goshen was. Land of Goshen is important because my grandmother used to say that as a cuss word. <laughs> land of Goshen. Uh, did, have you all ever heard that before? My grandmother said that. Land of Goshen. Um, it was a place where when all of the plagues happened, it didn't happen there. And the bless, a Goshen blessing has, uh, has been pronounced over our, um, over our church, in fact, that, that we're going to be blessed like Goshen was. Things that affect other, other people aren't going to affect us. So I'm claiming that. What, what do you think? But so over to Goshen, all of that, all of this southern part, uh, where are we? Uh, the land of Goshen, the lowland, the Jordan Plain. So the Jordan Plain is what's in, be, in, in between the mountains and, and the Jordan. Because there's a plain down there, and it's where a lot of green stuff happens. Uh, after the Israel occupied, the, came back in 1948, that was the first place that started turning green. And everything was just desert. Every place all around Israel is desert. Israel is blessed, but it was a desert in 1948 when they took it over. But uh, that's the, Jor the plain of Jordan. Uh, the mountains of Israel and its lowlands from Mount Halak and the ascent to Seir, even as far as Baal Gad and the uh, Valley of Lebanon below Mount Hermon. Okay, so Hermon in uh, Lebanon, I mean, that's where... Lebanon still is, and it's the north end of uh, Israel, or on the north side of Israel right now. Same Lebanon, below Mount Hermon. He captured all their kings and struck them down and killed them. Joshua made a war a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, except, remember that group? The, except, uh, except the Hivites, the inhabitants of Gibeon. We called them the Gibeonites. Uh, Back a few chapters back when we were looking at them. They're the ones that pretended to be from far away. Uh, and the, uh, all the others they took in battle, for it was the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might utterly destroy them, and that they might receive no mercy, and that they wouldn't feel bad about it, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. That time Joshua came and cut off the Anakim from the mountains from Hebron. So that... Uh, uh, Hebron is down here, the mountains uh, west of the Dead Sea. Well, yeah, the sons of uh, Anak. 
The im at the end of it just is plural of the Greek for plural. It's like us putting an S on the end of something. So anak im is the all plural of anak. Uh, from the mountains, from Hebron, from Debir, and we're going to come back to that in a, in a minute when we get to chapter 14, which we're going to jump to. From Anab, from all the mountains of Judah, and from all, um, so all these mountains in this mountain range, all the mountains of Israel, Joshua utterly destroyed them along with their cities. None of the Anakim were left in the land of the children of Israel. They remained only in Gaza, in Gath, and Ashdod. So Ashdod is one of the cities on the coast. Gaza is down here, which later is like in David's day, the, they, that's the Philistines. We know that one, at least one giant was left down there, down there in the Philistines. Who was that? Goliath. He was one of the sons of Anak. Uh, um, Okay, where are we now? Just, uh, only in Gaza and Gath and Ashdod. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord had said to Moses, and Joshua gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to the division by their tribes. So the whole land has been conquered except for some of the Anakim that lived down here in, in Gaza. They left that alone. I'm not sure why, but they did. They weren't supposed to. They were supposed to clear the whole thing out, and I'm not sure why they didn't, and maybe they're just tired. Um, but that's what happened. So, uh, and he divided it up by their tribes. Uh, it says later that they did it by lots. So, because I wondered, I wrote down where all the places where. So there's. The 12 tribes are, are represented right here. Um, before they went into the promised land, so they conquered this side of the Jordan before they went to Jericho, before they crossed the Jordan and went to Jericho. And so three of these tribes, the, the coffee drinkers from Manasseh, they put cream, I mean, half and half in their coffee. Um, so there was a half tribe of Manasseh that said, we don't, we want, we'll go ahead and take a land on this side. And I think they thought they were going to get off without fighting, but they ended up having a fight anyway. So half tribe of Manasseh, half tribe of Manasseh, one on, there's some on this side and some on that side. But when you look at, so there, those three tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh are on this side. And then all the others received it by lots on this side. But, Okay, so we've got Asher, Naphtali, Zebulun, and Issachar up there. And I mean, I, that's to scale. They're all squished. They're, uh, there's a, they go a little ways north on the Sea of Galilee, but they're all in there just in the 25-mile long stretch. Then we got, is it, do y'all see anything strange with Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin? Who is who are those guys? Who who are Eph, where did Ephraim and Manasseh come from? Because they're not the original twelve. What? Right. So we have so what we have in the middle right here is Benjamin and Joseph, the favored ones. <laughs> what? Yeah, the eleventh and twelve sons, the sons of Rachel, the favorite ones are represented in this cushy middle land. I know they said it was by lots, but that that's what happened. 
And then uh, Benjamin, Dan, uh, Judah, and Simeon are down here on this bottom. But that that good land right in the middle, I'm, I mean, I'm not pointing any fingers, but I'm just saying. So we got 12 people there. We, we have Joseph represented by his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, the, the, the descendants of those two. But, so who else is missing? Because there's only, there's only 10 besides that. Who else is missing? What? Right, Levi. Levi didn't get land because Levi is the priesthood and they're spread out in all of these groups and they'll get cities of their own later. But that's, that's why the 12 isn't represented that way. Um, Joseph and Levi are represented by others. Well, Joseph is represented by those two and then Levi. Yeah, Levi had cities everywhere. I tend to ten to twelve, fifteen cities in all of the different places, and they got good portions of it too, all over. Okay, so that's chapter eleven. I think that's all of it. Okay, so the summary of Joshua's conquest uh, at the end of that covers what was in chapter 10 as well as all of the stuff they did in chapter 11. So um, then chapter 12 is the kings conquered by Moses. And so all of that happened on this side. So we got Og and Og and all them. Uh, that's in chapter 12 and we're not going to we're not going to cover that because it's just a restatement of all of the kings that were co- conquered in uh, on the on the east side of the Jordan, Transjordan. And then all that was conquered, it just says them all again. So I'm going to skip that bunch. And then, but then in chapter 13, I want to get to... Uh, oh, and then the land rested for more. That's the end of chapter 11. And then I want to look at chapter 13. Because uh, it's just, this, just the first few verses. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years. He's actually 100 years old now, right here. Counted it up. And the Lord said to him, You're old and advanced years. <laughs> no, the Lord said that to you. I don't know. I like that. Pam gets on me if I say I'm old. But God said, You're old, advanced in years, and there remains very much land yet to be possessed. This is the land that yet remains, all the territory. So God lists all that hasn't done the territory of the Philistines and all that of the Geshurites from Sihor, uh, which is east of Egypt. As far as the border of Ekron, northward, which is counted as Canaanite, the five lords of the Philistines, the, Gaza, uh, the Gazites, so it's the people from Gaza, Ashdodites, Ashkelonites, the Gittites, the Ekronites, and also the Avites from the south, all the land of the Canaanites. So that, they never did conquer that. In, in David's day, in Solomon's day, they still had problems with uh, the Philistines and all that, which are represented by all that bunch. And all Lebanon toward the sunrise from Baal Gad uh, below Mount Hermon, as far as the entrance to Hamath, all the inhabitants of the mountains from Lebanon, as far as the book Mishraphoth, and all the Sidonians, so that's way up north, uh, them I will drive out from before the children of Israel, only divided by lot to Israel as an inheritance, as I've commanded you. Now, therefore, divide this land as inheritance to the nine tribes and the half-tribe of Manasseh. So the nine tribes over here, 
and, and the other half of Manasseh. And Sidon goes way up there. So these guys got land allotted to them that hadn't even been conquered yet, which is a bummer. And I'm not saying, I'm not pointing fingers or anything, but Manasseh, uh, yeah. Uh, Joseph's and Benjamin, they, they got some cushy land there. Uh, okay, so that's the, end, that's the end of chapter 13. He's 100 years old, and uh, they give, he, and then the rest of chapter 13 tells who got what, and with, uh, with Ephraim and Manasseh and Benjamin. Okay, and it also talks about the Transjordan land. Then we get to chapter 14, which is what we'll end up with that. Um, these are the areas which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar, priest, Joshua, son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed as an inheritance to them. This, and he's talking about what's happened in the previous chapter. Uh, their inheritance was by lot, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses, for the nine tribes and the half tribe. For the, Moses had given the inheritance to the two tribes and the other half tribe, uh, on the other side of the Jordan, but to the Levites he had given no inheritance, for the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they gave no part to the Levites in that land except cities to dwell in, with their common lands for their livestock and their property, uh, as the Lord commanded Moses. So the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Uh, then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, uh, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, uh, the Kenizzite, said to him, this is awesome. Uh, who is Caleb? He's what? He's not even Jewish. Oh, yeah. He's a. He's a. He's like a, uh, once removed or something like that. Somebody's married to a Jewish person, but yeah, he's. Jephunneh is not part of the. Well, he, but he is one of the spies. Joshua and Caleb were the only two. You might find be surprised here. Uh, he comes to uh, Joshua and says to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me at Kadesh Barnea? Where are the other ten spies? Dead, buried out in, the, out in the desert. Only Joshua and Caleb are left. Out of all those people. Um, uh, remember what he said at Kadesh Barnea? Verse 7, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. Did you imagine that they were that old? I kind of thought they were younger. Uh, they were younger than the other guys. But um, I was 40 years old when he sent us to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. And he's the one that said, yeah, they're giants, but don't, we, we're not going to worry about it. we be well able to handle those guys. So uh, he said, and I brought back word as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. We, we've seen that a bunch of times. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden shall be your inheritance. So in other words, the land that he had walked out and spied out, he said, that's going to be your inheritance. 
and your children's forever because you've wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. So how old is he now? 85 years old. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I'm as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Man, he's 85 years old. I'm claiming that right now. Um, that, that, yeah, that sounds like, that sounds like Jimmy Jones, doesn't it? I told Pastor Lee how old he was one time. He said, no way. He said, I thought he was, he said, I thought he was my age, 20 years younger. Uh, so, um, but, but this guy lasted 40 years in the desert when everybody else died out. And he's saying, I feel exactly the same. That 40 years, it had no impact on me. I'm claiming that too. Right, Pam? Now, therefore... Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there. And so uh, those giants were there then, and they're still there now. And the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said, just like the Lord said 40 years ago. I still counting on that to be able to drive them out. And Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. So at the land... It's in the land of Judah, Hebron, up in the mountains. And it's in the land of Judah, but it, he gets it set apart from Judah. And I think it's a little bit like Indian tribes or something like that. The, the federal government of Judah doesn't have any power. He's the boss in, in Hebron. So that land's given to him permanently. Uh, Hebron uh, therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, son of Jephunneh. Did I get it? Yeah. Uh, Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel, and the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. So he was, Arba was one of the sons of uh, Anak. So he's, he's given that inheritance permanently, but just because he was faithful then, um, that, that's inspiring to me that after all that time, God's word doesn't change over, I mean, 40 years later, the, it's still the same. Um, God's word does not change, and he received, uh, he received, the reward of his faithfulness that he had practiced 40 years later, 40 years earlier um, at... He continued to practice because he didn't become bitter. Yeah. That's been really hard not to become bitter. Well, and he, I mean, he's... Okay. Like I said about these guys up here, they're receiving an inheritance of land that they haven't even beat everybody out of yet. Um. He's fought. Uh, Caleb has fought for five years already in, in all these wars down here, all these wars through here, all, clearing out all those things. He's fought, fought all those battles. And at 85 years old, you think, okay, 
Now, give me one of these things that we've already taken care of. And he says, no, I'm still strong. I, I'm willing to take land that we haven't even conquered yet. I'm going to run the, the Anakim out of this area and get rid of them. And so, I mean, that's what he's saying is there's still giants there and I'm going to run all them out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that land for my own. Um, make sure I get it. Okay. Okay, that's it. And Josh blessed, uh, blessed him and gave it to him. And it's, I just think it's so cool that <laughs> at 85 years old, he's still going to go fight giants. Still going to be a giant killer. Uh, the same, I mean, he, we focus on David and Goliath a lot, but Caleb was cut from the same cloth as him. Still willing to just go fight giants. We're cut from the same cloth too. I mean, this should be an encouragement to us because we, um, the, there's still giants to be fought. And in this, the culture that we're living in now, we still have giants to be fought. We have all of the critical theory stuff, not, not just critical race theory, but all the critical gender theory, the critical everything stuff. Um, we're still fighting those giants. Those are the giants that we're fighting today. Culture war giants that still have to be fought. And man, we're going to have to stir up our courage just exactly the same way. Because um, they, they are giants. And sometimes it seems like we're a grasshopper to them, but we've still got the spirit that was in Caleb and Joshua that we, we need to stir up and still fight that way today. Amen? Any comments or anything? I, I was afraid that there was too much to cover, and even if I skipped over so, uh, the two two chapters completely, uh, I was afraid it was going to be too much. And so, but do you apologetics? Do what? Apologetics. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm apologizing for. <laughs> uh, I don't have the answer to this, so this is not a question. Okay. I answer. Okay. So now, how to deal with people? They're going to read Joshua 12 and say this is the same thing Hamas did. So what's the difference between your God and our God? It's the same thing that what Hamas did. Yeah, Hamas oh, try to wipe them all out. They could be on and break everything else, but mm-hmm. that's just something we're gonna have to. We have, we're gonna have to answer to people mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really know how to answer that. Well, that's what I think it's talking about at the end of chapter. Um, or in the beginning of chapter 13 right there, when it says, and God hardened their hearts and made, and they went out and attacked them first. That's not what happened with, I mean, Hamas attacked somebody who wasn't attacking them. Um, Israel was given the gift, I think, is given the gift of being able to defend themselves, which is exactly what they did a few weeks ago. When, and it's funny, I don't know if anybody else has noticed that 
but they went from calling them hostages to calling them captives um, on the news. Now, they were back to calling them hostages again this morning, but on ABC News um, a couple of days ago, they were calling them captives. What is a captive? A captive is somebody that's, that's legitimately caught up in a war, and like, like if I'm a soldier and I'm fighting, you can call me a captive. But they were hostages because they were civilians taken at a music festival, un, uh, uh, unarmed people, old ladies, carry, girls carried off and stuff like that. That's a lot different. I, and I know what you're saying is that, that, we've got to exp, that we've got to give explanation for that kind of thing. But that is the deal. What Israel did in, in Joshua is... They defended themselves against people that attacked them. Now, that's not what happened at Jericho. Um, you know, they, they went into Jericho and uh, wiped that place out. But they read the history and these, these people they wiped out, they were as evil as the monsters. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's, and that's the deal. Everybody wants to go, oh, those poor innocent women and children, you know, God was so mean to have them just wipe everybody out. But... They would have never, ever cleansed the land with them still living there because there would have always been an element of pagan worship and, and, there, and there was all the way up until King Josiah. They sacrificed children. They, yes. They were horrible. Yeah. And there's nobody born again yet. Right. And so nobody could get born again and forgive what happened. That's right. Right. So they had to wipe them out. And of course, right. we know where children go, you know, before the age of accountability, they go to heaven. Right. And so, well, um, I, I think that's, you, I, I don't think apologetic, uh, I don't think ex- explaining your behavior it applies for ninety percent of this because, like, that's the deal. the The guys from up north were coming to attack them, and so they were defending themselves. And um, God set everything up that way bef- beforehand. We know that from Rahab for forty years. She said, "For forty years, we've been worried about y'all." And so God had put that like a computer program in this program where they're worried about that. And as soon as they come near, they attack them. Um, and, and in that way, they don't have to say that we went in and, and, you know, conquered the land that was defenseless or whatever. No, they, they were attacking them as they came through. That's kind of how the revolution America started. You know, we were arms, but we didn't we didn't we didn't shoot until they started shooting us. Yeah, and then we defended ourselves. That's right. That's the that's the best way for it to happen. <laughs> Not like Germany that goes, you know, takes goes through Poland and all all the places. So anyway, any other comment? Thank you for that, Christy. I appreciate that. Now, now I'm going to hide my yawn. All right, let me pray for us. Father, thank you for this group and their dedication to each other and to uphold uh, others in prayer. And um, 
I pray that you'll bless us for that and bless us uh, for the, the reading of your word and um, as you re- reveal yourself to us more, uh, m- just empower us by your spirit to, to, to have the can- same kind of, um, of spirit that Joshua and Caleb had to trust you and to, to, do, what you've, uh, to do what you've told us to do regardless of, of what the, the enemy looks like. And so I, I pray that we have that same spirit right now as we fight the culture war that we are right now. Um, bless us to, with good health and protect us from colds that are going around and uh, bless us to be a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen.